at this point, you'd think I'd be tired of saying Avi Nakash's name, but I ain't. Avi Nakash, Avi Nakash, Avi Nakash. <laughs> this is part two. This is our follow-up podcast, and I had a blast. And I know, I, I knew when we did the first episode that not only did Avi just absolutely uh, effortlessly share the philosophy that's made him who is as a man, but I knew that there was so much more, there was so much more depth that we could get into, and that's why we did a round two. And already after listening to this episode, I know round three is coming up around the corner. Uh, the past episode that we did was a lot about rites of passage for men. So what's the difference between a boy and a man? How does a man make the transition from being a boy to being a man? How does a woman know if the man that she's dating is showing up as a boy or a man, these types of questions, because as we discussed, males are born, men are made. And on this show, this part two, we talk in depth about the differences between men and women. The differences between men and women. The social and cultural politically correct conversation that we are having in 2021 about men and women is about how they are the same. Is about how they are the same. And this conversation is not aligned with that narrative. And I am okay with that. I am open-minded to that. And the big component here to consider as you dive in and are open-minded to listening to some of this philosophy is not whether it's right or wrong. The question is what works? The question is what works? And so that's why we get into the differences between men and women because when you start to explore the differences between men and women, you get your, your, your start to focus on what works and what doesn't work in relationship to relationships between men and women. Why are the divorce rate so high? Why are the, the, the single family, the single parent homes raising children, why are the rates so high? Why are the rates of domestic abuse so high? Why are we experiencing these challenges that weren't an issue two generations ago? It's a question of what works and what doesn't, and it's a question between the differences between men and women. Do you know the differences? Do you align yourself with the differences and allow the, the flow of nature, the Tao, the flow of nature to take over? That's the big question here. So I highly recommend you check this out if you're interested in relationships between men and women, whether that is you're looking for a girlfriend, you're looking for a boyfriend, you're in a committed relationship today and you're wondering why it's so painful and so challenging, why it's not working. This will help you identify some of those reasons why it's not working and set yourself up in a position to either A, get out of there, which may be required, which may be what you know you need to do and haven't done yet, or to figure out a way to make it work in the relationship that you're in today. So those are the big questions we tackle. Super stoked to bring you part two with Abhinakash, Abhinakash, Abhinakash. And y'all enjoy this episode. Until next time. So I wanna start with the exercise yeah. and set it up that way. And then from there, talk about why it's important and why you're working on something like this. So what I wanted to ask you is, um, what do you do? 
Oh, you mean the exercise we were doing? What do you, yeah, what, what do you do, Avi? Um, so I run an investment club and uh, I teach people how to invest in the stock market and trade so that they can become financially free, like me. Okay. And uh, so you do investment club, is there anything else that you do? Yeah, so I do that. And then um, as part of my higher purpose, I train men in um, being all they can be. As one. So all the things that men want, like a six pack, healthy, successful, and being admired by women, they all have one common denominator, which, which we call being a man. Being a man would, will address all those three top concerns that men have. Hmm. And which is great because you really have to just worry about one thing, being a man, and then everything else will fall into place. So I train men in being men such that uh, they're successful in whatever is important to them. And if you ask me, how do you do it? The short answer is I teach men to use their ego not to be used by their ego. The, 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 the answer to all your problems as a man is that your ego runs you. Mm. And when your ego runs you, you're miserable and you lose. Um, and you, you, you fall in all the traps, you lose on your investments, you lose in your, in your career, you lose with women, and you lose even, you know, even with health. Because health has to do with everything. So if you... It, it, when, when we train men, first of all, is to recognize their ego, identify their ego. What does your ego sound like? A lot of people, a lot of stupid people say, I have no ego. Mm. They're just because they're blind and they don't know they're blind. So we teach men to be, you're always going to be blind. But when, if you know you're blind, you can do something about it. Yeah. You're always going to have to deal with your ego. Mm. But if you, the more you know it, the more you're aware of it. The more you can run your ego, and imagine it like a like a like a weapon. Uh, a lot of men use their that weapon on their loved ones, their wives, and they cause damage to themselves. But if you use this weapon properly, and you use it to go kill out there and be successful, and you're in control of when you use it or not, then then you get get to be successful. And the best part of it is you don't have to learn it. Everybody has an ego. Everybody has that weapon already. You don't have to go and buy one. You just need to know how to work it. Mm. So. Okay. And I want to get into, so for those that are just meeting Avi for the first time, so he runs an investment club for men to learn to be financially free and independent like he is. Did I get that? Yeah. And the second part is to teach men how to solve all of the challenges in their life with basically the premise being, if you are being a man, all of the challenges in your life will kind of sort themselves out, Yeah. right? And then yeah. a lot of that has to do with that last fundamental piece, which is to learn to use your ego rather than it use you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, before we get into why it's important that we started with that, one of the thing that came up for me is it sounds almost like and this is something that my roommate Ian and my best friend Ian has talked to me about before that he's come across for himself is rather than like being mad at his ego and being, you know, feeling shameful that he has an ego and being in like competition where he's got to figure out like, how do I best, you know, maneuver around the fact that I have it and more just being 
kind of collaborative with it mm. and like accepting that it's there and almost befriending it and saying, I know you're there. What's up, bro? I love you, man. And now we can work together. So it sounded like, how, what do you mean by you need to learn to use your ego rather than it use you? If we, we need to go back to our culture. Okay, we happen to live in a culture where it's not okay for a man to be a man. Uh, you know, with the Me Too and people that are profiting from the Me Too and from politically correct and all that stuff, uh, we have to censor being a man. There's this whole thing about uh, toxic masculinity, which, which is made up, it doesn't exist. Masculine and toxic are, are not, you know, people talk about macho and aggressive men and bullies and uh, that's not masculinity by the way that's a child that's flexing its muscles uh, masculine is the opposite of that masculine is is being a gentleman masculine is being harmonious with its environment uh, masculine is, is using the power of you know half the universe is masculine uh, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing toxic about it. But people that don't have distinctions around men and masculinity uh, mix them up. So you got to go back and get that, you know, we live in a culture that makes certain things right and certain things wrong. Um, and, and I don't, what I don't, I, I don't mean go out and um, <clears throat> go, go crazy around women and children and the elderly and or, or anyone in this culture that is not uh, aware or, or educated. No, you have to be you have to be appropriate to where you are. However, so that we run men's circles, right, as you know, and part of the being in a men's circle is to have an environment where you can absolutely be 100% a man, express yourself and it's perfectly okay, which is what you were saying about owning every part of yourself out there on the street it's not okay it's not okay to say certain things it's not okay uh, to be certain things as a man but unless we own every single part of it the good the bad the dirty the nasty if we don't own all of it we don't have freedom we're just suppressed mm. we're just weak suppressed and whatever that you resist persists so so it runs you and you're constantly beating yourself up with shame and guilt. So that, I mean, no man will ever be free, powerful, and proud suppressing this stuff. You know, it, it has to have a way out. It's perfectly okay. Just have to be conscious of where you're doing what. You know, when you're with a woman, there's a certain way to be with her, yeah. like a gentleman. Yeah. When you're with your buddy, privately, there's another way to be, right? Where you can, you can really vent anything you want to say anything because if you don't whatever you don't deal with will deal with you mm. will get you so what is freedom without being being able to tell the truth everything everything you want to talk about so you got to be responsible for the culture that we're in is what i'm saying that's where it comes from and you know feeling bad about being a man that, i mean that's where we started that's where i started until I've done my men's education and I realized, whoa, all men are like that and it's perfectly okay. All these thoughts we have, the things we want to do, they're perfectly okay. Just, you know, be appropriate with it and have honor with it, which means don't harm anybody. Yeah. 
I was one of the most shocking things for me is when I started talking to women about these dark things that men want, and I found out they pretty much want the same things in a in a certain context mm -hmm. when they're safe yeah. and when they're in the right mood. Sure, they actually want the exact same things. Yeah, that I thought, oh my god, that's disgusting. Why would you do that to a woman? Yeah, so it actually really works well uh, when it's under control, mm. not you know wild. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a big element. This, you know, one of the themes from the last podcast we came up was freedom, mm -hmm. right? And I feel like in many ways, freedom to me is like the ability to be fully self-expressed, right? And then as you're saying, it's like, yes, fully self-expressed and responsibly as an example for children, um, with honor, right? In the appropriate context, yeah. right? Self-expressed with my buddies is different with self-expressed with my mother, you know, it's yeah. just, it, it's context dependent. And I'll know too, if I'm tapped into who I am as a man, it'll just come out naturally. Yeah. I don't have to force anything. Yeah. It'll just happen. And uh, the reason why I start the show off that way, and I feel like that's a great setup for some later segments we could talk about, is that even after 20 years of experience mm -hmm. in the personal transformation industry, yeah. I've been very fortunate to spend the last few days here at Obby's place. He's got a crib in, in Florida. I'm about to travel to California. And I asked, you know, would I be able to stay with you for a couple of days? And in my observation of how Abi lives his life, even after 20 years of personal transformation, uh, coaching and training, you're still on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, curious about how can I take my success and my life to the next level. Yeah. And every week you're doing coaching with, yeah. uh, you know, if you want to explain what the coaching looks like, but it's just somebody with all of this training is still investing in himself to grow as a man, to do better as a man, um, and to learn. So I love the curiosity, I love that spirit. And the reason we start off the show with what do you do is that's kind of part of the coaching you're doing yeah. right now is like finding the way to communicate what you do in a way that other people get excited about. Yeah. So do you mind sharing like kind of what that coaching looks like and why is it important to you that you're still, even after all this training, Yeah. Well, there Investing is in yourself. yeah, there is this aspect of mastering, not mastery. Mm. Mastery is like I'm done. I've mastered something. I'm done. But if you look at experts and masters around the world, they never stop learning. They always, they always evolve. They always grow and expand. Real sure. masters. It's 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 called mastering. They're constantly mastering something. Mm. Nobody's just stops. I mean, not nobody, but you know, if people stop too bad, they're at the, that level. Sure. The levels are endless. Yeah, it reminds me of like Roger Federer or LeBron James or Tom yeah. Brady, like all these guys, or even like the best actors in the world. They're just like decades into their, they for a decade, they've been the best. Yeah. And they're still training like somebody could be right around the corner trying to put me out of my spot and I'm gonna keep rocking yeah. it. And I'm gonna learn the next level of my game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's never, oh, I, I have arrived here. That's it. I'm done learning because it's bullshit anyways. Because if I'm, sta if I'm sitting in front of a, a room full of people, I demand of them that they break themselves up and they be students of life, that they're, that they're open to learning more. And if I'm going to ask that of people, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not going to be. Yeah. And uh, yeah, every day, every day is learning, especially when you're awake. Then you know it's it's always the next level, next level, next level. It's forever. So that's why you do it. And then this coaching that you're doing right now, in particular, um, what have you learned from it 
and how has it benefited you? Like as an example, we started off with what do you do? Yeah. Is the way you communicated that right now to us different than it was, let's say two weeks ago? No, no, no. The fundamentals are the same. Yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, I, I've been trained on one type of uh, coaching, which is the truth shall set you free. That's the methodology. You know, so there's two schools, really. One school is the school of uh, improvement, becoming better. Now, that school presupposes that, that we're damaged. There's something wrong with us. And it, it's constantly asking us to get better and better and better. But where I am right now is not okay. I'm not okay and I need to get better. Got it. Fundamentally, there's something wrong. Something wrong with you and you need to get better. And this is where the uh, improvement uh, coaches. I'm not, I don't subscribe to that school. I, I'm with the other school that says you are perfect, whole and complete, exactly where you are. And there are barriers to the expression and experience of it. Mm. So, you know, when, when a baby's born, you, you, they're perfect. Yeah. They're, exact, they're perfect. And as we grow up, we gather baggage. You know, I failed at this, this hurt, this person hurt me, you know. And then we start to put barriers around ourselves. And so for me, it's removing barriers, but getting that who I am is perfectly okay. I'm great. Mm. So that's the kind of coaching that I do. An analogy I literally heard yesterday was I was born a diamond and over time it kind of gets clouded and dusty on the outside. Yeah. And so coming back to who I am is just polishing up the diamond a little yeah. bit and so I can shine and be fully self-expressed from there. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just, yeah, remembering who I am really. And what happens in reality is the moment a person removes a barrier, they, who they are, has more room to be. So there's the experience, more aliveness, more life, more energy. They see things clearly. They're more present, which is really the value here. It's not how much money you got and how many girls you got and all, and, you know, and all these things. It's who you've become, that you're okay with yourself, that you are, um, you know, you can be with anybody. You can sit with anybody, be with anybody. Uh, there's nothing out there that you haven't really experienced, or, or uh, you know, you have, you, you got, you can have space for this, this calmness, this peace within yourself. That's really, and then you can live your life to the fullest when you're not constantly worried about what do I look like and, what, and what's wrong with me and you know, and all these things like I shouldn't be this way, I shouldn't be that way you're okay with yourself and you're free and then other people are okay with you and you actually give other people permission to be how they are with you. Yeah. So that, you know, all that stuff happens. And that's, that's what I like about it. You know, this, this camp of like, you are whole and complete as you are. There's just over time barriers have come up. Um, for those that are listening and myself included that have barriers, mm. right? Whether I know about them or I don't, mm -hmm. right? Whether I'm conscious, hey, you know, I'm, uh, I'm addicted to smoking cigarettes and that's a barrier in my life. Yeah. Or it's subconscious and I actually don't know what it is that's holding me back, mm -hmm. but I feel like something's holding yeah. me back. Um, I want to ask you about what you would do for, for these folks. So you have a, a system called mm -hmm. Game Day Training. Yeah. And part of that process is kind of, you've described as a, like a rite of passage for men. Yeah. But also it's about removing barriers. Yeah. So two questions. First of all, 
if I just think I'm good, I'm okay, like a lot of men that I've reached out to and said, hey, we have this amazing men's circle. You'd love it. Yeah. It's a great opportunity for you to confront what it is holding you back and to take step towards the man you've always wanted to be. Yeah. A lot of them say, I'm good, that's not for me. I'm like comfortable where I'm at. There's nothing really holding me back. My mm -hmm. life's good. Yeah. Like for those folks, how do you, I mean, maybe it's not my place to, to try to tell them that there is something that they can work on. Right. Um, right. But how do you position like for people that don't even know that there's something holding them back? Yeah. How do you communicate to them that like there is more in, in this life? There is, there is more self-expression. There is more freedom available to you right 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 um well first of all if somebody says i'm good then fine they're good you know um i gotta tell you realistically the people out there who are who want to be awakened who want to grow who are willing to pay the price to to do the rite of passage five percent of sure. the population right sure now, some of them, so, so you know, you're going to meet people who are going to say, hey, what's the next thing? You know, like, like our kind of weird club the, of men that, or anybody, by the way, that, that really wants the next thing. They really, they, you know, we're students for life and we love it. Give me the next seminar, I'll fly over there and do it. That yeah. I think is a good thing. Then there's the people who are awaking, uh, they're in the process of being awake. They, they can smell it. So that may be another five or 10%. And they, some of them will struggle, some of them will do it, some of them won't. Most people, uh, like their initial thing would be, no, I'm fine, I'm, I'm good, I'm okay. Now, I know and you know, they're not, no one's okay. No one's okay, we're not in the world we live in. There's a lot of suffering and misery. But you have to be willing to, to open yourself up, take your mask down and, and confront it. And look at your life. Yeah, and be willing to tell the truth about it. So if they don't want to, that's fine. There's plenty of others that will. Yeah, I'm interested in those in the ones that really want to be heroes. That want to get above the crowd. That that want to you know if I'm going to train a man and put all this time into him, and then he goes back and kind of lives a mediocre life, fine. But if I can train a man to be a leader yeah. and a hero. And he's going to go out to train other men. I'd much rather spend time with that guy. Yeah. You know, so. That makes sense. So that's one answer. Yeah. And then, so I guess before I get into, sorry, you, well, actually, go ahead. What's this? Yeah. Yeah. So, so and the other thing is this, if somebody, if somebody is really looking, but he says, I can't see anything, I can't see anything that I have a problem with, then either I can share my life with him and I can tell him what I struggled with. Yeah. And then he might see something for himself. Um, you know, you deal with the statistics out there of how many people are going to retire, uh, you know, financially free. Sure. Not too many. No. How many people are going to retire not dependent on medication? Sure. How many people are going to retire having survived their relationships? Yeah. And so not too many people, really, in the, statistically speaking. And um, this, this is the kind of statistics people really want to avoid because they rather live in a fantasy that, oh, no, we're okay, we're good, life's yeah. good, and all that. Uh, but the people that are really searching need to confront reality. Um, so I, I would either, you know, share myself with this person or I would ask him, so what do you want? What do you want? And, you know, what they want connects to their barrier. Mm. 
because if they if they didn't have a barrier they would have it yeah got it but they have to be willing to do the work i'm not going to do the work for them sure i'm not going to force anybody to do anything yeah one of the things i'm interested in and maybe it's i don't know if it's a lost cause but that's probably not the way to put it but it's like jim Rohn always talked about how we don't know where desire comes from he says, he says, he says, one of the things that I've never really figured out how to lecture about is where does desire come from? He says, but what I do know is that it can be turned on. Mm-hmm. He said, I don't know where it comes from, but I know it can be turned on and it's going to be individual. And that's why he always recommended expose yourself to life Yeah. because he said the same walls that keep out disappointment or the same walls that keep out happiness. So he said, expose yourself to life because you don't know what's going to turn you on. You don't know if it's going to be the seminar, the song, the sermon, you know, the sunset, right? You don't know what it's going to be. So I guess when I, when I was saying, you know, is it a lost cause? Like if someone's not woken up right now that there is, Hey, maybe there is more out here. Do you have anything for those people? Do you share anything with those people Mm. that like things could be different? Or is it like you said, just you share your personal experience? It depends, you know, it depends what somebody wants. When people when people inquire into personal development, they usually have an intention. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't stop somebody on the street and say, Hey, do you wanna do you wanna come to a seminar where you uh, evolve? Sure. Right? But I usually share myself. I share myself with my friends, I share myself with people around me, and uh, people know kind of that I am the address for certain things. So when, when somebody, you know, I've, I've recently, I'm just talking to this woman, uh, she's a women's, woman's coach out of Toronto, and she, you know, she asked me, do you want to do something together, and let's start a conversation, let's start talking, and from that, a whole thing evolved, yeah. right, because she, she, wants, she wants to be trained on being a great coach. Yeah. So, you know, that, that happens. Um, can you share that? Let's say some, yeah. some, can you share what your share is? You know, when, when, when people say, you know, what, what transformed in your life? Do you have a moment oh, where that, I or, mean, I'm sure there's evolutions of it, but do you have like a typical, there's a hundred things. There's a hundred things. Can you share one with them? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, in, in anything, you can pick anything. One, the first one, the first thing that happened in 98 was that I realized that I'm a big, big jerk. And the way I was taught, the way I was relating to my parents and the way that I was relating to my family and my friends, my attitude towards life was um, no one's gonna take care of me, so I gotta take care of me. Screw everybody else, mm. and you know, uh, you know, let me get, let me take care of me first, then I'll worry about other people. So it was very selfish. And um, one of the things, so when I did my first transformational program, uh, one of the things that happened was like my dad my whole relationship with my dad came up and back then I was barely talking to him there would be months and months where I wouldn't talk to him my experience of him is constantly uh telling me what to do and and and, you know judging me and all that stuff and I was I was like early 30s and uh, I was I wanted just to be on my own and all that I didn't really want his contribution to me at all yeah and I didn't appreciate it you know he comes from a completely different era I don't can't relate to anything that that he tells me to do or not to do, and so I, I my relationship with, with him was almost non-existent. So I was sitting there in a, my first seminar, and really I came to the seminar to learn how to be rich. That's what I wanted. I wanted money. Yeah, a lot I of people do show up for that. Yeah, 
I didn't think about my dad. Yeah. Mm. So then this man comes up to the microphone and he was older and he was talking about his son. And his son was a problem. His son wouldn't listen to him. He didn't know how to communicate with his son, how to talk to him. And I'm li I'm listening to this guy and I'm going, well, that's my dad. Yeah. That's exactly my dad at the microphone. Exactly the same thing. So the leader at that time was asking him, why do you keep telling your son what to do all the time? So the guy kind of was taken back and he said, well, I, I just don't want my son to suffer in life like I have. Yeah, he wants the best for him. Yeah. So I'm listening to this and I'm going, whoa, I never realized that. Yeah. So the leaders asked him, why, why don't you want him to suffer? And he goes, what do you mean? He's my son. I love him. I love him more than anything. And it was me. I almost fell off my chair. It was like a slap in the face. Like, what a jerk. All this time I'm, I'm treating my dad like that. The only reason that he's talking to me is because he, he gives a shit. Yeah. And that's the only way he knows how to do it. Mm -hmm. If he didn't care, he wouldn't care. Yeah. He wouldn't say anything. And then, so I waited for the break and I called my dad and I, I said, look, I gotta, and I, I said, you know, uh, all this time that you're talking to me like that, I, I just, I didn't, you know, I didn't really wanna, I didn't like it, but now I realized that you, you said that to me because you care. And he said, so he started, so it was, first of all, silence on the other side. He said, like, what is happening right now? Who is, who am I talking to? And then he started to tell me about his past on his childhood. And I heard those stories before, but I never really connected the dots. Yeah. There was a period in my dad's life where they were hungry. They lived on the street. The wow. whole family, the mom, the kids, they lived on the street wow. in a staircase. They had no food. And they sent him to the, to the store one time just to get a little bit of bread for everybody. He was so hungry that he ate it all. And he got a beating when he came sure. back. And I'm, I'm, I was just thinking, thanks to how hard he worked, I, I don't even know what it's like to be hungry. Yeah. So, and he was telling me, and the last thing that he was telling me is, he says, do you remember back in the 90s when you went back to the military and I told you not to go and you went anyways and you were, you were gone for a few years. He said, you know, I used to go to the synagogue and I used to pray every Saturday that please God, if anything's going to happen to him, put it on me. Yeah, don't, don't let anything happen to him. I'll take it. This is, I'm listening to this. And this is the guy that I completely erased out of my life. I exed out. This is how much he loves me. So from that day on, my, my relationship with my dad has never been better. You know, he's 85 now. I pretty much take care of everything that he needs. Uh, I come to see him. We know we talk about sports and we talk about politics, like the stuff he likes. And, mm -hmm. and But the moment we talk, I have a dad. Yeah. Back then, I was on my way to dismissing him out of my life and, yeah. it, and it took one little breakthrough for me to get my dad again so what's that worth mm -hmm. right so yeah if I can give that to people that was my first realization hey I'm a jerk <laughs> I treat people a certain way just from my view yeah and if I just kind of got a little bigger and realized there's they have their own view you can have a great relationship with people so that was the beginning that was right at the beginning of yeah. the whole transformation. Yeah. That's awesome. I, and I feel like um, one of the reasons why, thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons why I like the circle up concept, the men's circle concept, uh, the brotherhood concept of like mm -hmm. coming together to have conversations about our lives yeah. is because you're putting yourself in a position to do two things. To number one, take care of yourself. 
And your number two, take care of other men. Mm-hmm. So you're putting yourself in the position and you're exposing yourself to that possibility. Yeah. And so what I got from what you just shared was that you didn't know going into that seminar that what you were gonna get was a relationship with your dad, yeah. but you went to the seminar, Yeah. right? So for those that are listening here, it's like, and for myself included, it's like, I don't know what's gonna cause me to wake up. Yeah. I don't know what's gonna take me to the next level and help me break through right. of whatever's holding me back. But if I just live the day exactly how I always have, the chances of me exposing myself to something that's gonna do that is really low. Mm-hmm. But if I have a conversation with you, right? Yeah. Or if I go in nature and stare at a tree and, you know, contemplate this tree or, or if I, I did a podcast yesterday where I had a breakthrough about my back pain that I'm experiencing, like that really opened my eyes to mm. possibility. It's like, gotta put ourselves in a position for something to happen. Yeah. Right. So we actually can create that possibility, but we need to expose ourselves to life. Like yeah. you expose yourself to the seminar. Yeah. There is a law in life that somebody a little wiser than me said, which is uh, knock and it shall be open. Ask and you shall receive. That's, a, that's not a recommendation. That's actually a law of life. Yeah. Ask and you shall receive. So a book would show up, a video would show sure. up, a person would show up, Absolutely. a seminar would show up. Because you ask for it, it's all there. It's all there, infinite stuff is there. You ask for something and then pay attention to what comes at you. It might come out as something painful. But it's it only there because you asked for it. Mm. It's crazy. I used to have people in my introduction room that came in, and you can see how much they need it. And they'd go at the end of the night. They'd go, "No, thank you." <laughs> and you'd go, "Well, you you you're lucky enough that you're one in thousands that even got here." Yeah. Somebody made a phone call to you. Yeah. Someone gave a shit. Yeah. You showed up. You're here, and I'm giving. I'm putting this thing on the table for you, and you're saying no, thank you. Then they're gonna go home and be miserable and complain that God's not listening to me. No one's, I, I'm not getting what I want in life. Hello, right? That's funny. That is funny. I saw it hundreds of times. That reminds me, I saw a meme recently and actually got circulated quite a bit because a lot of my friends are interested in psychedelics. Yeah. Um, but it was basically a meme of like, of like God looking at the earth and the caption was, God gives the world magic mushrooms, world, makes them illegal and he's just like <laughs> he's just like why would you do that it's like i just gave it to you on a silver platter there it is yeah uh, so it's like here you know there's opportunity being presented to you all the time and like you said we just need to pay attention yeah and that leads me to a question uh and i think this is great because now we're going to resurface some of the conversation we started with yeah which is like you know we talked about this on the first episode uh males are born men are made so i want to get into that question of like oh you're telling me that if i'm if i be a man actually a lot of my challenges will sort themselves out i want to get into that but the way i want to enter that space is how we typically end a men's team meeting is a mantra yeah Uh, maybe you call it distinction i'm not sure how you would describe it but Mm. It, it's uh do you want to share it with us it's if only i everything 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 that transpires in my life reveals something about me as a man me in relationship and me as a leader if only i paid attention That's so now i've heard that hundreds of times for those listening that have never heard it can you repeat it one more time very clearly for them yeah and then talk about the significance both in your life and then broadly yeah 
it's it's the importance of paying attention, right? And the importance that everything, so everything, everything, everything that transpires in my life reveals something about me as a man, me in relationships, and me as a leader, if only I paid attention. So the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. The way you show up here is the way you're gonna show up in Australia. The way you show, show up with one woman is the way you show up with all women. Uh, the way you do money is the way you do money. I mean, um, everything, everything, everything. You show up wherever you are. That's, and that's, that's the best uh, coaching you can ever get. When you start to pay attention, if I can't, like my, my uh, financial life used to be always, I made money, lost money, made money, lost money, made money, mm -hmm. like for a really long time. Yeah. Well, that's not a coincidence. It's not an accident. Mm -hmm. That's how I used to do money. And it, it teaches me about myself as a man. That, that I wasn't being a man, I was being a boy. That's how a boy treats money. You know, just absolutely no integrity. So you can learn about yourself from everything. And this is when people are going on this path to uh, self-realization, anything is a clue. Everything is a clue. The way your house looks, how clean it is, how your car is, how you, 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 know, you talk to people, everything is a clue about you. Mm. Because you can be confused about, well, what kind of a man I am, but what you can't be confused about is the results in your life. The results in your life are, are right there in front of your face. And that's a clue to who you're being as a man. Now, you talked about the rite of passage. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Okay, so if you notice, when you're two years old, you play certain games, yep. and then when you're four, you, you're done with those games. Now you got new games. Sure. And then when you're 10, you're done with those games. You know, you got up to new games. There's games that boys play. And when they're boys, it's appropriate. But at a certain point, you are going to want to play a man's game, which means I want this car. I want that much money. I want that girl. Um, you know, you know, maybe at 20 years old, you're not really worried about your health because you probably are okay. Yeah. But you want you want you want man's toys and man's experience. Maybe you want to travel the world. So what a boy cannot deliver that to you because boys uh, play boys toy, uh, games. Yeah. When you want to play a man's game, you need to be a man to produce that. That transformation, that is what we call the rite of passage. Mm -hmm. Because if me as a 20 year old, 30 year old kept on making money, losing money, making money, losing money, I could not be financially free, even though I wanted to be because as a man, I want to have, A, the freedom to be wherever I want. B, sure. I, want to, I want to focus on the things I love to do more than the things I have to do. Yeah. And I want to have choices. I want to have the car I want. I want to have the, 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 the not the luxury, but the, the, the ease. The, the ease, yeah, because I worked hard enough. The freedom, the ease to have what I want. I want to get, I want to get on an airplane and go to Europe. I can go. Yeah. You know? So I wasn't able to do that. Because what was who was running my money and my business was a boy. And it's very useful to know that. A boy is not gonna deliver me the life I want. So now, saying that is great, but how, how do we do it? 
How do we actually do it? The rite of passage was something that men used to do for thousands and thousands of years. Because when you're in a tribe and there's no Walmart across the street and you need to bring food to your family, if you're not a man, they will die. You will die, your kids will die, your wife yeah. will die. And your tribe wouldn't even tolerate you for three minutes. So they made sure at a certain age that you turn into a man. Mm. Or you, it wasn't even a, a, an option. Yeah. If you're not a man, you're useless to us. It just these days, because of culture, yeah, you can be a boy till you're 60. It'll, some men are. Yeah. Bitch about video games and, you know, my mom this and my mom that. Um, so, you know, the healthy way to do it. We evolved to be, you know, at certain age to be men. When you're 21 years old, we tell you, get out of the house, leave. Don't live with your parents after 21. Leave, live on your own. Start to become a man. Start to get smacked in the face and, you know, everything, everything, everything. Let Find out kind of a man you are. Evolve. You know, I, I, I ran out of the house when I was about 20 and I lived on the street for one day. <laughs> I, I, I got into, a, into this bank, like this ATM place, and I slept there. And then, and then I went and looked in the paper and I found an apartment and got yeah, it. Yeah, I'll never do that again. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was, but I had to do it. Yeah. I had to do it. Yeah, it wasn't. So that was one of the best things you can do because now you're on your own. Now you have to pay the rent. I, I went and bought a motorcycle. I had to be self-sufficient. People think they're doing their kids a favor by allowing them to, to stay at home for in their 20s and all that. Not doing them a favor. It just delays what, what has to happen. You know, so, you know, martial arts are good for that. Uh, military training is good for that. Sometimes people go into a certain profession and they get trained at the business yeah. to be pros at something. Sure. Very few people will train you on how to deal with women like a pro. So that they're taken care of. What's the difference between how a boy would take care of a woman or interact with women or be in relationship with women versus how a man would interact with or, or be in yeah. relationship well, with Well, you can ask women. They'll tell you. <laughs> that pretty much 99% of their interactions with men are with boys. Hmm. And they're, that's why they, they get to be that way. They don't feel safe around men. Hmm. And they shouldn't. Because there's very few honorable men around. Men, you know, it just begins with showing up late for dates, not caring about their time, lying to them, deceiving them, cheating on them, um, being somebody you cannot depend on, an alcoholic or a drug addict or a broke-ass guy that is not capable of taking care of them. Um, and, and getting into treating them like men, so arguing with them, competing with them, trying to, you know, trying to make sense of them. Women are, you know, they're different kind of people. It, you don't, it, what works with men doesn't work with them. So it's a whole education. But, you know, it begins with a, a, you know, being honorable and being trustworthy. So a woman at least knows, you know, I may not like everything about him, but at least I know who he is. Yeah. I can count on him to be that way. Sure. I don't talk to him about the beach because he hates the beach so we just I, you know i wish he didn't but at least i know i know that that's not a guy you take to the beach for example yeah right but men that are you know kind of uh, soft and they're they change and they're different they, they can't be trusted 
you know. Got it. So one of the things that that comes up for me here in this conversation is about uh, the differences between men and women, mm-hmm. right? You said you know men treating women like mm-hmm. they're men, um, and I'm just wondering at what point did it become necessary that we train men how to interact with women? Because a thousand years ago, you probably wouldn't ha- wouldn't no. have a training on how to interact with women because no. it would just it would just happen. Yeah. But something happened in the way that in society and something happened in culture and something happened in social conditioning where now we're having to pause and we're having to say, women do not feel safe around men. Yeah. So something happened. I don't know what it was. I'm not an expert on what happened. Yeah. Um, but for some reason that's the case. And now we need to train men how to, how to interact with women and how to be safe for women. Um, what happened? Like, what's the what's the difference now? Like, how yeah. how do you train a man to do that? Because a thousand years ago, like you're saying, like we wouldn't have had to train them. Listen, forget a thousand. Seventy years ago, my so my grandfather did not divorce my grandmother because the kids would die mm. if he did. Today, nothing would happen. So people get divorced left and right. Except for the kids get screwed up. Yeah, the kids get the the kids don't die physically, but they they are injured emotionally. Mm. So people, a lot of people don't know that. They really want to, don't want to even face it. But when you live in a tribe, you don't really need to interact with your woman too much because the tribe takes care of it. She gets up in the morning. She goes with the women. The women handle each other. You know, they have their elders. They train the young girls. The men are the elders, train the young boys. They don't spend that much time together when you're in survival mode. Men need to go hunting and train to be warriors and all that. Women do their, their thing. Everybody's taken care of. So a man does not go home to deal with his wife if she's moody or something because the women take care of her. The women handle her. Mm-hmm. Like, look, we need you to be a solid woman for this tribe. We need you to be a good mother for this tribe. Or, or we need your kids for the next generation. Yeah. If, you don't, if you start acting up, she wouldn't even think about it. Yeah. It's just not in the culture. She's... she's handled and even after all that if there is if there's trouble between him and her they go to the chief or the rabbi or the priest and they they tell them what to do yeah they sort it out they sort it out for them you don't need really need to work worry about it you have a lot worse things to worry about which is what am i going to eat today sure that's what's important and if she pisses him off he'll give the deer to the next girl and she doesn't eat so that doesn't happen and you know i mean she can go with another guy the, so when it's highly survival, you don't have to worry about it. My grandfather had to go out six in the morning and come, and he came back not even with money. They gave him like a piece of bread, some eggs, and some cheese, and that's the food he brought home to his wife and kids at a yeah. certain period. Yeah. You know, in in the end of World War Two, if he left and and went over to find a younger girl. His wife would starve and his yeah. kids would starve. It was not an option. You don't call a lawyer and get a divorce. Yeah. People would die. But in the last 70 years, society is such that you can call a lawyer, get a divorce. You know, she pissed me off, he pissed me off, and it's over. Yeah. So it's, it seems like there's something about the abundance that we have mm-hmm. available to us yeah. where like meeting our basic needs wasn't as challenging as it used to be. Right? We're not... You know, you could argue we're in survival mode, but in, in a different way, maybe more mentally, emotionally than we are like from a, yeah. and some people obviously are dealing with um, challenges with shelter and challenges with addiction. And so they, they are taking care of those basic um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but a lot of yeah. us have that taken care of now. Yeah. So that 
creates its own set of problems in it itself. It's like survival is a problem, and now that it's figured out, well, now we got all sorts of other challenges that we're, yeah. we're dealing with. Because and it doesn't mean that it's better to go back to how it was. No, we're not designed to live this way. Look how many fat people are out there. We're not designed to live with abundance of food. Because we're just designed to eat as much as possible. And then we get to sit. We don't get to go hunting or climb trees or all that. So we don't. So it's not in our design. So people are fat. And it's not in our design. Men are not designed to really interact with women because men speak a different language, women speak a different language. For most of human history, they didn't really interact that much. Got, men would come home, they would play with the wife, play with the kids, and then they would go sit around the fire with other men. That, that's mostly what they would do. And there'd be nothing to really talk about. He, he doesn't tell her how to run the house. She knows how to run the house. Mm -hmm. She doesn't tell him how to hunt. He knows how to hunt. What's there to argue about? It's pretty, pretty simple. And Wow, a lot of people listening, like, uh, so there's like camps of people. First of all, the pe the fact that they're listening to the show means they're open-minded, Yeah. right? And they're curious. Yeah. So, you know, we have a little bit of wiggle room and playing room here. But a lot of people listening would say, what you said, I disagree with totally. Men and women are not different. Men and women are the same. Sure. Um, and that is a massive conversation that's happening today is that men and women are getting closer and closer and closer to each other. And in fact, men are becoming great women and women are becoming great men in our culture today. Um, but this is kind of like a revolutionary idea. It's like, wow, like, it was pretty simple, right? There wasn't really a lot to argue about. And, and because of, again, social conditioning, the way culture and society has raised us, now we're in a position where there is a lot of argument and there is a lot of interaction. We're being asked to share our emotions more with women. Um, and so what I'm asking now is like, given that, Mm -hmm. that that's how it was yeah and given that this is how it is now where do men learn how to interact with women and where do we learn how to 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 be successful in our lives and actually have happy lives where we can win in our careers raise a great family um do things that fulfill us like yeah yeah the question where is is easy there's places to go you can go if you wanted to get an education about relationships you can find it you know I mean I, I run one thing but that's the easy part the the hard part is you know men don't have relationship on the horizon at all men don't read relationship books they don't go to relationship seminars they don't they they kind of have it like oh yeah that's just gonna be okay I got this yeah. oh I know I, I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be great I'm gonna be a great dad great husband but for the people that say men and women are different Fine. The fact that the, the, the men and women are different that I say, that's a theory. I don't know. I didn't invent men and women. But if you think that men and women are the same, great. Then tell me why are we in 50% divorce? And why are the other 50 extremely unhappy with their marriage? If you have another theory, let's try it. Let's test it. That's fine. I don't care. I'm not saying that men and women are different like men are better than women or women are better than men. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they're equal as human beings. They, they have equal rights as human beings. They have, they, they have every right like a human being with each other. People usually take men and women are different and they're saying, well, are you saying that men are better? Well, that's where they go with it. Got it. No, no one's, I'm not yeah, saying You're taking that. what I'm saying out of context and applying it yeah. to your belief system, but what I'm saying is they're different. I'm not saying anyone's yeah. better than anybody else. That's right. And if, you know, women, there's identified strengths 
that the feminine has, and there's identified strength that the masculine have. And if you learn and you, you, you bring it together and actually work together as a team, boom, you're 10 times more effective in your relationships. When you don't know that and you, and you actually start to compete with each other and put each other down, um, you're making it's a nightmare. So we've done this. I mean, you know, the people that I've learned this for, I've been doing it for many, many years. I've been doing it for many years. And I, what I can, all I care about is what works. I don't care what you call it, and I don't care what you think about it. I, I care about what works. I wish men and women were, were the same. We, we won't have to learn about it. I don't need to learn how to make a sandwich. I know how to make a sandwich. I don't have to go to school for that. But how to interact with a woman in a long-term committed relationship and raise children with her and run a house with her, look around you, it doesn't work. Not because relationships don't work. Relationships work great. People don't work because we're not designed for it. You know, we're not designed for this talking and spending a lot of time together and, you know, showing affection. We're, we're doing it all wrong. So if you teach men basic rules to make sure she is safe and she's happy and she's taken care of, she gets to be expressed and alive and, and contribute her femininity and her beauty and her talent into the relationship and everybody wins. Mm. So, you know, we are actually, where I see society goes is men and women away from each other. There's people uh, stop believing in marriage and there's less and less, even women, I think for the first time in history, there's a percentage of women that don't wanna get married. First time in history, never happened before. I think it's only gonna get worse because people are not stupid. They're like, I have 50% chance of losing in this game. Yeah. And then I talk to my, I see my, what my parents are doing. They're not getting along. No. And I see all the frustration. There's a loss of money, loss of real estate, loss of, what do I need all that for? Let me just go make a baby on my own and be done with it. And then if I want some uh, entertainment, I'll go on Tinder and I'll hang out with some guys, but I don't want a guy in my life. And men say the same thing. So we are actually the ones that want children to have mommy and daddy at home yeah. so that they're raised in a, in, with a dad and a mom in a house that's peaceful and loving. We're actually fighting for that. That's it. Yeah. It sounds like one of the solutions for this is to create spaces for men and to create spaces for women, right? What I've experienced in this, in this community, in the Sterling community, is that we interact with men all the time daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly, we have all these um, opportunities to interact with men. And the women do the same. Yeah. They're interacting with each other yeah. daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually. And then every once in a while, we do an event together yeah. where the men and the women interact together. And when we do, it's mostly fun. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's nothing like super wild. It's mostly just like entertaining, enjoying each other's company, and that's it. It's nothing like super serious. Yeah. It's it's mostly the men come together, they inspect each other, coach each other, are there for each other. The women inspect each other, coach each other, are there for each other, and then every once in a while we come together and it's tons of fun. Yeah. Um so that seems to be like a solution that that is possible. Well, we evolved that way. We evolved culturally that we do we do life in communities communities take care of each other mm. there's actually a great great story in a book i can't remember the name of it that the people are so much healthier living in a community like so much healthier because we evolved that way 
Yeah. Now, most people that live in cities and all that, they, they pretty much, we live on our own. Mm. We take care of ourselves, we live on our own. It, it's not ideal for people. It's good to be part of a great community. It's interesting, because like in proximity, like in a building, there's tens of thousands of people that live in that building, but there's no community in that building. No. It's like, when is the last time you talk to your neighbor? Yeah. Like some people, may be very extroverted and so they you know say hey what's up man you want to come over for a drink and like we'll hang out yeah but like very little like you said but imagine and even that is a social community imagine a real co a community that take that deals with every aspect of your life a community that you can go to for uh you know for not even support but empowering each other for everything, for your career, for your health, for your for your relationships, you know. Yeah. I mean, even when we when I was a kid, we lived in a building where my mom, after all the kids went to school, all the girl, all the women got together over coffee, and the neighbors, you know, they were neighbors. They fought, they still friends still today from 50 years ago, because they got so bonded to each other because they all had the same problems, same issues, same difficulty, and but they had somebody to talk to, they had women to to talk to about that when the men went out. So uh, that's that's how we evolved. And it's highly, highly recommended. It, it, you know, you really wanna solve major issues in your life, find a powerful community and be yeah. part of it. Be part of a team like we do. Yeah. Way more powerful than doing life alone. Okay. You know, just make sure that your community is honorable, that they're not causing damage to anybody. They're not haters. Honorable people that they're actually actually a stand for something mm -hmm. So, you know, and I can tell you one more thing I mean my experience of being around men and being on a men's team is when you go So men and women are like let's say the plus and the minus of a battery when you connect it with a with a piece of steel There's electricity right yeah. when men and women get together. There's electricity But after a while it drains the battery when you men and women hang around together too long sure drains the battery so you take it off. When men go be around men, they get charged with masculinity. Same thing with women. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but you come back from a good team meeting, yeah. he's like, where is she? <laughs> where is she? Where is that soft, I wanna hear her voice, I yeah. wanna smell her, I wanna touch her hair, because you're so charged up, the plus and the minus, yeah. like, okay, I want some electricity. That's awesome. You know? But imagine that as a lifestyle. Mm. Imagine if you spend most of your days, most, most of the day, business, you know, you're, you're being successful around men, talking to men, talking to your men on the phone, and then, you know, you're charged up, you're like, oh, I need, I need a woman's touch, I need a woman's energy. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, back when I was in Colombia, I listened to a seminar online, and uh, the speaker, who's uh, Justin Sterling, he said, the number one thing that's missing right now in your relationship and it was in the middle of the pandemic, it was like 12 months in, he said the number one thing missing in your relationship is missing. Mm -hmm. Wives and husbands do not miss each other anymore because they're spending all day together, uh, they wake up beside yeah. each other, they spend the, like, the whole day together, and there's no more missing. So it's like what you described, yeah. there's no going away. Yeah. One of the best reasons of going away is you get to come back. Yeah. Right? That was yeah. like one of the things that I thought about. People are like, oh my God, you're gonna go travel the world? It's like, yes, but one day I get to come home. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And when I came home, you know what the best thing is? I get to leave again, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like refreshing, constantly changing, moving, Yeah. flowing. We evolved that way. We evolved to be in communities. We evolved to be, men spend more, most of their day with men and women with women. 
and then you miss each other, and then there's electricity, then you don't really have to worry about so many of the issues and problems that are in relationships today. And you know, I just, I just watch men and women talk to each other, like in my life, it's painful. Mm. It's, just, it's just painful to yeah. see how much damage they cause. We don't speak the same language. You pretty much, <laughs> I don't wanna get into the deep. You pretty much just have to tell her how great she is. Because if you really missed her, that's what you would tell her. True. You wouldn't talk to her about, well, you know, I like the paint and the ceiling to be yellow, not white. That's a good point. That, you know, you, you just be like, oh my God. And women love, I've heard women talk many, many times. It's like, I want him to be nuts about me. Yeah. That's what they want. Yeah. The feminine, they really do want to be cherished. Yeah. Right. Pursued, chased, admired, yeah. uh, feel special and unique. Yeah. And that all that happens when they're far apart. Mm. Interesting. So, yeah, and, and actually I had that realization uh, about a week ago, my dad was still here and uh, we were interacting a lot and my mom called us one day and it was me and my dad on the phone with my mom. And after I got off the phone with her, I just said to my dad, I really need to work on the way that I communicate with my mom, with mom. Uh, and he said, why? He said, I'm talking to her like she's a man right now. Yeah. I'm like telling her all the things she should do and change and like, I'm like, cause like I'm on the, the train of improve my life and the habits and eating and things like that. So I'm like, oh mom, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Like, what are you doing here? Like, and instead of just being like, I love you. And like, I really appreciate all of the, the unconditional support you give me and just, just acknowledging her for all of the good yeah because that's what really lifts her yeah and maybe she'll want to improve her diet like it doesn't actually matter because what matters is that i cherish her for who she is and what she is rather than trying to change her in some way yeah we forget our moms are women we think they're a different creature <laughs> i do <laughs> yeah i do the same thing right or i i used to until i you know i'm like wait she's a woman mm -hmm. yeah the one thing about my mom i gotta remember is my mom will always mother me yeah, I, for, I think it was you that told me that actually. We were at a circle up meeting a long time ago. It was Team Mango was together. We were in the, uh, there was a fire in, um, I forget what the park is, but there we were at the park with Team Mango. And you're like, one of the things I hadn't realized about my mother is she will always mother me. And that kind of echoed in my mind. And every time I spent time with her, I was like, oh my God, I'm being mothered right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just is what it is. Well, my mom will. I'm pretty clear about that. She yeah. hasn't let go yet. Yeah. She, I'm still you know, a retarded six-year-old in her <laughs> eyes. But, you know, some women could be educated and awake enough to let go mm. because one of the most important things about parenting is to know when to stop parenting. Mm. You don't parent yeah, like you said, an get adult. Out of the house. Yeah, get, get the hell out of the house. Yeah. But, I mean, I can't, I can't educate my parents. Sure. They're going to do whatever they do. Sure. But for parents listening, um, you need to know when to stop parenting because you, you only parent a child. You don't parent an adult. That's disrespecting an adult. Yeah. You're treating them like they're a child. Yeah. That's not doing them any favors. Yeah. I do want to, because uh, we're about to close off the show, yeah. I do want to talk about one other thing that's kind of more provocative for some of the men that are listening. We talked about how to interact with a woman in a long-term committed relationship. Yeah. Right? One of the things I'm wondering, and a lot of my listeners are not in committed relationships. They're not married. Yeah. Um, they maybe aren't ready for that or they don't want to be in that. And this idea of dating, mm -hmm. right, Yeah, is so broad because we could get into how do you know if you're ready to be in a committed relationship and what qualifies you to be a committed relationship, yeah. what should you look for, 
um, when you're in the dating in the dating world, like there's a there's a this is a this is a massive conversation. So what I was wondering is, can you share some insight for those that are listening that are men that are interested in in dating, um, not necessarily committed, but more you know ex- exploratory? Yeah. Um, how do you do? You have a philosophy behind that that you communicate. Like as an example, are you someone that's looking for a commitment, or are you looking for something? I'm looking for a commitment. Okay, so yeah. we're we're in a different place. So let me ask you this: How do you know? Yeah. If you're ready to be in a committed relationship, because what I've noticed is that men are looking to 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 date, and then they turn anybody that they find that they feel is like good enough into a committed relationship yeah. without knowing, am I even ready to be in a committed relationship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I qualified to be in a committed relationship? Yeah. Have I explored all of my options? Like, do I even know what I like in a woman? Do yeah. I even know what I don't like in a woman? Like, it's kind of just like, well, I found somebody and so I'm ready for a committed relationship. Well, sure. If you don't know anything, that's what you would do. Uh, the education that we have is turning men into pros when it comes to relationships. What does that mean? It means you gotta know a lot of stuff. One of, the th- one of the first things you need to know is that there's basically two different kinds of relationships. There's a short term and a long term. They're completely different relationships. Um, most men do, do them all the same. Mm. So the context for short term is fun. You're dating for fun. However, if you're smart, Remember we said everything, everything, everything? Yeah. You can learn, so you can use your 20s. Men in this culture are not ready to get married in their 20s. Maybe in the late 20s if they're really mature. So you use your 20s to learn about yourself. And how you do that is you date women for a few months, two, three months, four months. By the time that you, this woman taught you what you needed to learn, and you're, you know, you're dating them for fun, you're enjoying them, you're learning about yourself, you're learning about getting rejected by a woman, you're learning about what works with a woman, how do I talk to her that it works, what do I say that doesn't work, and then you learn about what you, what's really useful for long term is what are my deal breakers, which is suicidal if you don't know when you get married, yeah. what are my must-haves, mm-hmm. so I might have one or two deal breakers or two or three deal breakers, like real deal breakers, like I'm not going to date a girl like that. Yeah. And then must have, like I must have maybe two or three things. Sure. And then everything else you've got to realize you're going to compromise on. So you need to know that about yourself. What kind of a man am I? You use these women that you're dating to get that information about yourself. So then, so you, you get off the date and you go, I am never dating somebody like that again because there's something about her that's a deal breaker for me. So they teach you that. The women will teach you that. And then when you get to a place when you're clear about what's, what are my must-haves and deal-breakers, now you're ready, if you want. But then the context for long-term is not fun anymore. You gotta get that, some, you know, the big, big pitfall for men. They think, oh, finally I'll have the, my woman at home, I'll have great sex, she'll cook for me, she'll clean for me, oh, my life will be paradise. No, that's not gonna happen. She's got an agenda too. And you're gonna have to deal with that. So. Uh, the context for long-term committed relationships with children is to make a proper space for children, to make a safe space and a, um, uh, a stable place for children. That's the game. The game is not I'm having a good time or she's having a good time. The game is raising healthy children. And as long as you realize that that's the game, go, go for it. 
because you know a year later you're gonna go I'm not having any fun I really want to go back on tinder screw my family screw my kids let me go I'll come visit them on the weekend they'll be fine no they won't so that's you know long term is is a game for men not yeah. boys and where and you know you I talked to a lot of hurt scarred men because they did it wrong they lost their money they lost their house they lost their children there there's a woman out there that hates their guts and this is one of maybe the most important game in life and they're losing this game what did they do wrong well I mean a they didn't get the game right they were not qualified for the game they were not prepared they don't know their deal breakers they might might have married a woman that's not a fitting for them sure they're, you know they're not um, uh, they're not a good match with her but but in that moment they were in love the sex was great oh yeah yeah it, it's not gonna happen to us everything's gonna be great we're great compatible compatibility is about what do I hate about her and am I willing to live with it mm -hmm. that's compatibility not the good stuff the good stuff no problem yeah so you need to know what the game is about. You need to know if you're qualified. You need to know what kind of a woman, what kind of a woman are you really marrying? Not what is, not what the mask is right now. And then after that, the, then the job begins. How do I be a good dad? How do I be a good husband? What's my job around the house that's going to make her feel safe and taken care of? All these things need to be, unfortunately, learned and practiced. Yeah. If you want even a shot yeah. of having a workable marriage yeah so one of the things that I'm getting from this is and I, and I set it up this way but I didn't use the language that you used is that there's basically two types of relationships yeah short fun uh, long-term committed yeah right um, what ten what I tend to see is, and especially when I have conversations with a man that is divorced and interestingly enough when you participate in these circles I have exposure to men in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Very few of them are my age, like very few. The ones that are because I invited them, Yeah. right? And I have a lot of them now yeah. because I, I say to them, like there's this intergenerational mentorship that's happening where you get to see what these men who are in their 40s and 50s went through and you don't have to have the same experience that yeah. they did. You can learn from their experience. And the experience was they started dating, fun, casual, and they turned a woman that they were dating because you said the sex was good everything was fun into a committed relationship for whatever reason right it turned it into a committed instead of saying to themselves I know what my must-haves are I know what my deal breakers are I'm ready to start a family I'm qualified to go into a committed relationship and so now with all of this information I'm gonna go look for one yeah it's the opposite it's yeah. okay I have a woman and so let's go become committed yeah. So that's kind of a big error yeah. that's happening. Yeah. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is you use a word which some people would hear and say, you know what, I don't know if I agree with that. Mm -hmm. And it was when you're having a fun short-term relationship, which I've had many in the last few years, and I felt like I've learned a lot from all of them and I've done a better job of communicating upfront what I'm looking for, which is something fun. Yeah. And I've done a better job of leaving them in a position that I feel is better than what they met me yeah. because I was honest and I was honorable and yeah. I respected them. Yeah. But you use the word that I'm going to use the woman or use the relationship to learn something about myself. Yeah. And that's great that you're learning something about yourself, but some people might hear that and say, really, you're going to use women? Like, you know what I mean? No, so, yeah. so what I'm wondering is what is in it for a woman if it's short-term fun? Yeah. 
right? Is there anything in it for them? Sure, she's, she's in it for the same thing. See, our, men's instincts is to have sex. We sure. don't need to be taught that, that's already built in. Women's instincts is to get married. So they will make the mistake of attaching themselves to a, somebody when they're in their early 20s and be with this guy, and I know a few that have made this mistake, be with this guy for 10 years you, you can only learn so much from one guy, but they wasted their 20s on one guy and eventually he went away. So she learned very little about herself mm. and then her 20s are gone and he never, he never proposed, it's gone. Maybe it's a good thing that he didn't propose. So women are also, educated women, that their, their most useful way of using their time in, in their 20s is to date men, same thing, two, three months, and then for them it's harder because they get attached and they're designed for marriage. They want to get married even in their 20s. Yeah. So, but if you're educated and you know, getting married is easy. Having a healthy marriage is very difficult. Sure. So you do the same thing. Go, go on dates with men and every man will teach you what, what is your deal breaker, what is your must haves until you are prepared, until you're qualified, you're prepared, you know how to deal with men um, that you don't, you know, you don't get broken by them. You actually accept them for how they are. You know how to deal with them. Like, you know, some stuff you keep away, some stuff you come, you bring close to you. Women are in the same game. Yeah. This is the kind, relationships are the kind of game. A lot of people don't get this because they're like, oh, women's rights and this and that, and there should be more women's rights and there should be more things to protect women. It, the, the only way this game works is if it's a win-win. The only way women win is if men win and the other way around. There's no way to bring men down and bring women up and have this game work. Mm -hmm. It will not work. And then women complain that, that you know, men are soft and they're like little boys and they can't count on them and they're, and they're not turned on by them. You know, they're not turned on by nice, pleasing men because that's feminine traits. So... Um, it only works when men and women win. And that's the kind of game it is. It's a wonderful game. But you have to make sure she wins for you to win and, and you know, vice versa. That's, wow. how, that's how the game works. Wow. Yeah. I think the, um, you know, that kind of this, 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 is, this is really productive about differences between men and women, um, how to distinguish between something that's fun um, and a learning opportunity. Yeah. Right, something that's committed, which is like, commitment means like, the mood has left and I'm still here, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. right? This is what I said I was gonna do, this is what I'm committed to, you know, we've got a child now, and so we're gonna create an environment that's conducive for them to grow. Yeah. Um, so that's really useful for a lot of people that are listening. Um, and But we seem to be in a culture where we settle. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna go with the first thing that comes, right? Um, yeah. and, and, and here's, and, and you know, for a lot of reasons, like maybe, you know, we have something and we're afraid of letting it go. We've attached to it. I'm afraid of the other side where it's unknown. Like, am I ever going to get laid again? Am I ever going to find someone that likes me this much? You know, there's a couple things about her that I really like. There's a few things that I don't, but like, I don't know. But so how do you, how do we encourage men and women who, uh, you know, maybe are in their young, you know, young twenties, mid twenties who still have a lot of exploration opportunity yeah right of learning about themselves and learning about what they want to you know because something might be good it might be good yeah it might even be great you might stumble 
on something good. It might even be great. Yeah. Right. What do you What do you say to to that experience? Get your education. Get your education. I wouldn't I wouldn't count on statistically to just happen to be that one in a hundred who's doing it perfect because they're naturals. I wouldn't count on that. Get your education, get to know yourself, get to know the things that are important to you. If relationships are important to you, get an education in relationships. Yeah. If health is important to you, get an education on health. Yeah. Uh, same thing. I, I, I wouldn't, I've done it that way. I can only point people to the path that I've taken. I spent the last 20 years getting massively educated and it worked out for me. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't tell people to go do it do it alone or count on your luck or anything like that. I I would never recommend somebody to get married if they're not educated. You're mm. you're going it's suicide. And and it's worse if it, if you don't get divorced. I mean getting divorced is bad enough. It staying together and living like roommates and experiencing the loneliness that is in a relationship is way worse than being on your own, single. Yeah. Way worse. Yeah. And, and teaching your children that this is what relationships are like. Mom, mommy and daddy hate each other. Yeah. And they pretend to be together. And they don't get to date other people. And they don't feel expressed as a man or a woman. And they're completely let themselves go. And they've given up. And they're cynical about life. No, that's, that's a horrible price to pay yeah. for not getting an education. We talked about being the dog being on the leash Absolutely. and trained and not. Look at the difference. Look at the difference being trained or not. So can you, can you just describe that? Cause I have insight into what you're saying yeah. that nobody else does. Yeah. So, you know, I walk my, my dog's fully trained, obedient trained, and I walk with him. He doesn't even need a leash. He's off leash. He's glued to my thigh. And when I stop, he sits and he does, he sees other dogs. He doesn't, he doesn't do anything. So. And then I see other people, most people, run around with their dogs. The dogs pull on the leash, crazy. The dog's choking themselves. They're yanking their arms out. And dogs live 12 to 15 years. And they do that for 12 to 15 years. God damn. And I taught my dog how to heal in about 10 minutes. Chewy. Hey. Look at him. He's already coming. Yeah, he's over here. So Chewy is a, a Rottweiler, 140 pounds. And he has a magnetizing personality. Okay. So you, you said you spent 10, 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, you know, it takes really 10 minutes to basically teach him how to heal. And people live their lives 14, 15 years having their dog pull them. And then they go home and they complain that life's hard, life's tough. Life's not tough at all. People are tough. So that's the value of training. You train him for a little bit, you, you invest the time in him, and then you have your, he's, he's pleasure for you know for the rest of his life yeah why do life the hard way same thing never mind marriage never mind parenting never mind health yeah that he, he's a perfect example yeah it makes sense to me i mean it reminds me of like uh the reasons to exercise and go to the gym and lift weights it's like if you get underneath the bar and make it difficult on yourself because you are creating you're consciously choosing resistance yeah then on the other side of the struggle is ease yeah. and grace. Yeah. And so, you know, you may have, whether it's your relationship, whether it's in your business, whether it's with a dog, there may be a little bit of work to do up front yeah. on training. There may be some struggle that you want to intentionally choose up front that will make everything else easier. Yeah. And it was the, the story that we talked about 
of um, the, you know the three little pigs. Yeah. Right. The three little pigs. The first the uh, the first material. What is it? Straw. Yeah. The second one's wood. So the the three little pigs is um, the first pig goes and he builds a house out of straw, and the wolf comes and he blows down the house, and the second one builds the house out of wood, and the and the the wolf comes and he blows the house down, and the third one he's diligent. He puts every single brick down and makes sure it's perfect, and it takes way longer and it takes way more work. But at the end, the result was the wolf shows up and he goes to try to blow on this house and it's solid. Yeah. It has the right foundation. Exactly. And so the, the discussion we're having today is about like what areas of your life would actually work. What areas of your life would work if you did a little bit of training you got a little bit of an education if you if you intentionally went into it like let me learn the setup <laughs> let yeah. me become a professional yeah and as a pro ease comes right yeah like lebron james doesn't struggle to to, to hit a three-pointer or to dump the ball because he's a professional he's, he's trained to do that he's done the training already yeah. right so what we're saying is that you know we may have uh, i don't know I, i'm not trying to discourage anybody about having a relationship based off a conversation like this yeah. but the reality is there's a flip side of the coin like it can be amazing and it could be horrible and the more you know the more you're trained the more you know about yourself and create this awareness the easier it's going to be for you to go yeah. in there and be successful in it yeah well people say i want this and i want to be rich i want to have a good marriage they say that I'm not saying it for them. They're saying it. What they don't know is in order to be, why less than 5% of people are ever going to be rich is because um, the rich are willing to pay the price. They're willing to learn. They're willing to get educated. They're willing to get rejected and fail. They're willing to go through the pain and pay the price to be successful and to be professional at that. And that's true for everything. Uh, people that, that want to dream and fantasize that they're going to be in the perfect relationship out of just falling out of the sky, go ahead. But talk to me in a few years. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, thank you for, for doing this part two. I appreciate it. This is a, a, an important, oftentimes very challenging conversation to have, but an important conversation to have about men and women um, about being a professional in your life. So I hope some people got some breakthroughs from this. I appreciate this opportunity to, to get some of your wisdom. I learned a lot about myself, so thank you. Yeah, and, uh, for sure. You need to hear the conversation we have when we really get to work. Yeah. That's 10 times more interesting. Yeah. When we actually talk about real stuff. Yeah, I know, I get it. You yeah. know, now we're just kind of talking about the cake, but we don't actually get in there. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. I hear you. Okay. All right, awesome. man. Well, if you want the rest of the cake, you know where to find it. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Uh, you bet. God damn, always fired up to hang with my boy, Nakash. Thank you, brother, for doing this. Thank you for the listeners for tuning in. I know that a lot of these concepts and a lot of these ideas are crossing the boundary of the politically correct narrative that we live in today. And I'm not asking anybody to accept them. I'm not asking anyone to believe them. What we're asking you is to be open-minded and to consider how some of this information could apply to your life if you're open to that. Because as Nakash said, the way we close out every team meeting in Circle Up 
and in this men's circle is everything, everything, everything that transpires in my life reveals something about me as a man, me in relationships, and me as a leader, if only I paid attention. And so the key is to just ask yourself, looking through the framework of men and women are different, what is it that I can learn about myself from some of these philosophies, some, some, from some of these themes that could reveal something about how I am as a man, who I am as a man, who I am as a leader, and who I am in relationships. That's the big question. That's what I hope you're taking away is some, some contemplation. This show was about creating more questions than it was about answering them. So if you're leaving confused, or if you're leaving asking yourself, well, what about this, what about that? Great, 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 great. That's exactly what this was designed for. So reach out to us at Project Circle Up on Instagram or me on Instagram, at Jonathan F. Andrews, and ask your questions, and we will make sure to tackle them on part three. If you don't already subscribe to the show, do that. If you haven't shared this with a friend, if you haven't written down some of the ideas from the show and shared them so that you can better remember them, do that. Thank you, Nikosh, for doing this round two. I appreciate you, brother. Last but not least, till next time, Circle Up community, don't man up, Circle Up.